You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Now, in the next 15 minutes or so, we'll be hearing about an art exhibition called Art Machines, Past and Present. And I'm really delighted to be joined in the studio by the exhibition's co-creator, Professor Richard Allen. He's the Dean of School of Creative Media and also the Chair Professor of Film and Media Art at the City University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Professor Allen. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me. We are live this afternoon uh, on Facebook as well, so I'd like to invite our listeners to be viewers this afternoon. You can join us on Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3, and you'll be able to see and hear Professor Allen this afternoon. So, uh, I just heard you're a film scholar. Tell us a little bit more about you and your background. Yes, well, uh, for about 25 years, I, I taught at New York University in the, in the film school there. And I'm uh, uh, really a, a fan of Hitchcock's movies. And uh, I've written several, and edited, written and edited several books on Hitchcock. I organized a big Hitchcock centennial conference in, uh, in the, in, to cele- celebrate the anniversary of his birth. Uh, in 1999 and we had people like Patricia Hitchcock and Eva Marie Saint and Teresa Wright and all the stars of Hitchcock's films coming together with academics. It was a fantastic event actually because you got all these academics swooning over uh, all these legendary Hollywood stars. It was, it was great fun. That's brilliant. And sort of how did you make your way into other mediums of art well, and creative art, moving to Hong Kong and you're working on other areas? Well, I was actually in the Tisch School of the Arts for many years and we had a fantastic fantastic program there called Interactive Telecommunications, which did digital media art. So I always had a sort of an eye on it, eye on what was going on. Uh, but then I had the opportunity to, to come to the School of Creative Media, partly because two of my former students were teachers there, so I had a long association with the school. So uh, when this job opportunity came up, I thought, ah, oh, you know, I'm ready for a new adventure. Uh, so I came over to be dean of the school, which has been an incredibly exciting experience for me. I've been here now almost six years. Wow, congratulations, and doing, trying new things and curating art exhibition. Exactly, <laughs> something I never thought I'd be doing. During the pandemic as well, we must hear some of the, the lessons learned, and it must be tough. So tell us a little bit more about your art exhibition Art Machines Past and Present. What is it about? Yes, well, Art Machines, well, first of all, I have to say this is a COVID-19 exhibition in the sense that um, um, uh, the curator of the gallery, who happens also to be my wife, Isabel Frank, came to me and said, well, you know, we need to do an art exhibition uh, at the gallery, but we cannot get artworks from anywhere else. So why not do an exhibition around the uh, uh, works that are in Hong Kong at my school? and friends of my school. So then the question was how to frame that exhibition, how to conceptualize it. So, so I came up with the idea of art machines. And, and the, idea, the idea here is, is there's several inspirations for this. I think that the, the first is we do a lot of work in computer art. But, but I wanted people to realize that computer art and making w- works with computers is part of a long history of uh, using, interacting, uh, artists interacting and using machines to create art. So the idea of art machines was to tell the story of that broader history. Um, a, a second inspiration, I think, is, is, is that the idea of art and machines, for some people, is, uh, these are antithetical things. We, we still have an imagine the artist as, who's, as somebody who's sitting at their desk or standing at their easel and their ideas, inspirations, are bodying forth onto the canvas or onto the page. And we think of technology and, and machines as somehow being getting in the way even 
of art making. So why, why so, is that? Is it because it's not so traditional? Or what, why is there still that barrier? Well, I think it's a, I think it's partly the idea we have of machines as being a mechanism, mm. and we think of art as this uh, as very much the. Uh, the defining characteristic of human spontaneity and imagination. So, so if you if you sort of put those two things together, I just think the ideas are are contradictory. Um, uh, but of course, we forget about something like photography, which has been with us for two hundred years. Now, of course, at the beginning of photography, there was a lot of debates about whether photography was, was an art, art form or yes. not. But I think after two hundred years. Uh, that's probably settled. But so, so photography is a good example because there you have uh, an art form that's thoroughly dependent on technology. Technology is the medium of the art, um, and, and it's been with us a long time. So, so, so that partly the, the point of this exhibition was to tell that longer story. And so who are some of the artists involved? Some of them are local artists. Well, they're all local they're all artists local. in the sense that they're all living in Hong Kong. Uh, some of them are, have been living here for a shorter period than others. Uh, and some of them are, 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 are from other parts Overseas, of the world. But moved some here. of them are from Hong Kong and, and the greater China area. So um, the artists, we well, of course, we have some very well-known artists like the curator Jeffrey Shaw, who's uh, who's been in Hong Kong now for I think some twelve years. Wow. Uh, uh, Maurice Benayoun, a very uh, renowned uh, German artist, uh, Samson Young, who's been a very successful Hong Kong artist and actually represented Hong Kong at the Venice Biennale a couple of years back. Um, people like uh, uh, Tamás Valitsky, who's uh, who's been a Hungarian artist, who's been in with us in, at uh, SCM for ten years, and he represented Hungary at the, at the Venice Biennale. So we have a number of uh, very uh, famous uh, artists in the show, but we also have many young artists like uh, Vivi Cook, um, uh, Carla Chan, um, Rio Ikashiro, a Japanese American artist, Max Hattler, uh, a German abstract animator. So so we have a very wide range of, of artistic talent in the show. It just sounds like there is something for everyone. Now, I, I read that there'll be 34 works uh, on display. And um, can you explain what kinetic art means to, to, to our listeners? I, I, yes. I'm just going through the list, of perhaps computer graphics and animations, more self-explanatory. But how would you sort of explain kinetic art and what, what does that mean? Well, kinetic art, kine the word, word, word kinesis is movement. Mm -hmm. So kinetic art is art that moves. Now, it actually has a broader scope than just art that is made from machines in the sense that it was used to describe artworks that appear to move, like optical illusions made by artists like Bridget Riley, where you have this art that shimmers that doesn't actually move. Um, but So that was called kinetic art. But the kinetic art in our show is, is actually art that moves, art that is, in some sense, a machine. And, and this was, I wanted to bring this in the show because I felt like it, 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 it brings the, I, the connection between art and the machine alive for the audience. Literally Literally, moving. yeah, literally. It's sort of, you know, and, and, and then also it, 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 it has an aspect of this, this, this part of the show is to appreciate the beauty of the machine itself. We commissioned one work by another local artist called Joseph Chan, who is a graduate of our school and actually is an, he thinks of himself as an engineer. 
and 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 I, I keep telling him, no, well, no, you're an artist, you're an artist, and he, we commissioned the a work. The two are not mutually exclusive. Exactly. Because... Part of the show, point of the show is that art meets engineering, and there's that there may be a difference. You're making something. You're creating. Exactly. Yes. They're both creating, and it's what the, per yes. the what what the purpose is, and, and you know, he's a, he's an engineer, but he's making a work of art because this work that he created, which is this wonderful Rube Goldberg machine, I'll talk more about that in a second. This wonderful Rube Goldberg machine, where marbles are passing through. Uh, this this extraordinary uh, complicated uh, set of, of wheels, wheels. Uh, and falling off and then coming back it's it's just an extraordinary work but of course it, it, it's work of engineering but it has no purpose other than itself right it has no function and that of course That's turns art. it into an artwork <laughs> right so now when you speak to him does he consider himself an artist he does he does and he's now had it's it's very exciting he's now had two solo shows in Hong Kong, and I'm just waiting for uh, M Plus to uh, buy one of his works. I mean, the next stage is for a gallery to actually, you know, buy one of his his artworks. You never uh, know. I think some guys from M Plus might be tuning in right now. So <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the opportunity. Uh, tell us about the Rube Go uh, Goldberg machine. Where did that idea come from? Well, you know. Uh, the idea in part came from wanting to bring in a broader audience to the show um a sort of family audience and and rube goldberg rube goldberg was a american cartoonist of the 1930s who drew these wonderful whimsical train reaction machines that did ridiculous tasks sort of purposeless tasks like self-cleaning napkin for example you know or a, a you know a tooth a mechanical tooth extractor um, and he had a cousin in Britain called Heath Robinson. In fact, I grew up, uh, you know, at home in England. And my, my dad used to talk about Heath Robinson machines, you know, which were these sort of contraptions that, that, that really useless things. Don't do much. They don't but... do much. And they inspired Wallace and Gromit. A lot of people know the Wallace and Gromit series. Yes. And Nick Park was actually inspired by Heath Robinson. Anyway, to get back to Rube Goldberg, he's the American version. And Rube Goldberg machines um, uh, really took off in the uh well there was a there was a video called by arc okay go a pop group in 2010 oh, online yeah. and this inspired a whole oh, yeah. sort of online creative movement in rube goldberg machines that was a really cool video you know yes. the video yeah very very cool it's had millions of hits and then more recently of course under the lockdown everybody's been making rube goldberg machines in their home and garden and there's been this sort of competition going on so i thought that this and, and there's a nice connection to early machine art in the, the a 1920 dadaist manifesto actually contains a rube goldberg cartoon so you get this idea in this gallery we created of mixing popular culture and sort of gallery art so that all under the umbrella of this kinetic art machine art so that's how that's how rube goldberg uh, comes into the picture wow and this exhibition is already open and it runs all the way through to the end of the month so our listeners will still get a chance uh, to see it now yes please come and tell us about sort of the different art forms that you featured i mean that's one you also do some sound art uh, also yeah sound art well sound art was also important to me because this sometimes gets left out and and sound art is very important to what we do at the school of creative media now people also they think well what is sound art um uh, and you need to th i think the best way to think about what sound art is is to think about we, we normally associate music or art made of sound with the musical and classical musical forms. 
Um, uh, now, the sound art movement actually began in the 1980s by artists putting sound works in galleries. But it actually has a prehistory that t goes all the way back to the beginning of the 20th century when uh, our, our modernist artists like Luigi Rossolo in Italy were hearing all these new sounds made by mechanical devices, made by machines, the noises on the street, industrial noises. And they started putting together these sounds and making compositions from them. And then you know, John Cage was inspired by the noise made by radios and the whooshes and whoops and, and made a, a composition out of radio sounds and then of course along comes the computer and with the computer you can make any sound whatsoever so people like Stockhausen were able to make their serial compositions using the sounds and noises generated by a computer and this sort of led to sound art so so the reason sound art is there is it, 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 it it's it's an art of sound that's very dependent on the machine and technology and again this has our sort of a gallery sort of art end and we had a number of sound artworks including Samson Young in the show but it has a popular side because of course when you think about it the same technologies like the uh, synthesizer for example right. uh, and and the drum machines and all these other kinds of uh, technology mediated sounds are totally in, uh, suffusing our popular music I mean, you couldn't imagine canto pop without the synthesizer, for example. You know. It's what makes it. Yeah, right. So this, too, has a sort of, you know, so we have, and what I was able to do in the show is actually give you the history of sound art, not simply a representation of it, but it's actually there. We have two hours of listening of the history of, of, of sound art from the early 20th century right up to the present. So you can actually, you know, you can actually listen to Luigi Rossolo or you can, you can listen to Pierre Chevet or you can listen to Radiohead or David Bowie and it's all in the, all in the show. This is so cool, Professor Allen. And I think Rachel on the Facebook page uh, echoes this point. We are live this afternoon uh, with Professor Richard Allen from the City University of Hong Kong. And Rachel says, this is fascinating. I, I agree with you. So um, talk about, let's talk about the process of curating this art exhibition. H how long did it take for the process to come together? <laughs> people, <laughs> During the pandemic as well? Yeah, it's well, not people easy. It, it was six months from start to finish. Uh, but we had a, I had a really experienced team, right? Because I was working with, uh, with my friend and colleague, Jeffrey Shaw, and he, he's curated many shows. So he knows exactly how to put it together in the gallery space. And then I was working with Isabel, who's cu curated, done five years of curation as well in the space. Um, and we have a great tech, we had a technician and then we have two staff people doing all the, uh, you know, because one of the things about create, create, curating a show like this, we not only have the works, we have what we call memo, memo sign walls or memory walls, which, which actually create a context, beginning with artistic modernism, the modernist artist who responded to the machine, taking us through the history of computer art, computer animation, and these are all on walls. All these works have to be uh, uh, passed. You know, they have to be. Um, uh, 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 you have to get the rights for the works, um, and uh, that can take a really it, long time. Yes, it's a long process, and also, of course, is writing the catalogue. And you know, um, which I wrote, I decided to. But it wasn't enough time, so to 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 um, organise other writers. So I wrote the entire catalogue myself, and literally, as I was writing it, my, my uh, Isabel was taking it from my hand to get the thing translated. Oh, translated because yeah, it's, it's bilingual. It's bilingual to get in. So, that, so it's a, it was a very, but it was a very exciting for me. It was a very exciting process because it's the first show I've ever curated, believe it or not. So it was an incredibly uh, rewarding experience for me. Yeah. Well, finally, I, I, I want to ask you, and we sort of touched on. This.
this um, earlier, but the, the role of technology in art, especially in, in modern art, you know, it, like you said earlier, you know, photography is a very good example. What's the role of technology in, in, in art? Nowadays? Well, I think, this, you know, of course, the, 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 the stalking horse here is digital technology. And of course, what digital technologies have done on the one hand, they've expanded the tools for art making. So you can, you can, make, you can do sculptures and you can use some digital technology to help you do the sculptures. Like 3D or, printing. Yes, 3D printing. You, do, um, you can do paint, you can do uh, pic- pic- pictures using computer algorithms and digital technology as tools and as aids for doing, uh, you know, all music. Music. Music, you know, sound, music, sound couldn't do without digital technologies. And I mean, you know, popular music is created from these tools. So they're, they're tools, but of course, that now these technologies are also medium, media of art. So VR, for example, we have one great VR work by Maurice Benayoun, AR art, uh, computer insta- augmented, augmented reality. reality art. There's a wonderful uh, piece by Jeffrey Shaw in the show, which is a sort of meditation on COVID-19. And you have a locker and it's got the the pattern of the COVID uh, signature pattern on the locker. And that doubles as a QR code. And when you bring your iPad up, the locker opens and then you see people exercising inside their safe house. It's called inside their safe house lockers. So AR becomes a very interesting form of interactive art. And then and then, of course, you've also got various other kinds of computer art, uh, generative art, art that you program the computer. And then it spits out uh, forms that you've actually pre-programmed a sort of rule based. Yeah, very cool. Yes. Mesmerizing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so so. yeah, so, so, so technology, digital technology is, is both a, a tool which has had great ramifications on art making in the, in the more traditional forms, but it's also a medium, it also provides media of new kinds of art making. Exactly. And when we speak to a lot of artists on the program these days, you know, they sometimes don't even put pen on paper. A lot of it is sort of digitally sketched um, already. And one, key, save time. One, and one key point to make, although this is, show is about collaborations between artists and engineers, it's also about artists who do their own coding, that coding, the practice of coding itself becomes a creative practice. Yeah. And, you know, it's the idea that you're writing code and, and you're, you're, the code you're writing is shaping the form of the work you're creating so that the code itself becomes the medium of the work. Yeah. Well, Professor Allen, how can our listeners and our audience find out more about the Art Machine's past and present exhibition? It's been extended to the 23rd of May uh, this year. How can we find out more information? Well, you should contact the Indra and Harry Banger Gallery at City University and you just need to you have to get a QR code to get into the campus uh, but you just have to contact them you will get that immediately and then you can come and visit us and please and if there's a group of you who want a tour we're happy to give tours it's only open to May the 23rd please come Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And we were speaking to Professor Richard Allen, the Dean of School of Creative Media and the Chair Professor of Film and Media Art at the City University of Hong Kong. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.